It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. You're listening to Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Shot toward the net by Vancouver. Save. Rebound. Score! Right in front of the net. The result of that Arendell turnover results in two opportunities, and Brandon Sutter is able to push it underneath Dell. one nothing Canucks, and again, the Sharks do not score the first goal. Uh, tough game to play, you know. Um, I think... You know, same problems that have plagued us a lot of the year. Get behind early. Usually one of the first two or three chances of the game ends up in the net, and then you're playing from behind all night. And that's been kind of our story through, you know, 14 games or whatever we've played now. So it's tough, it's tough to play that kind of hockey. Then you're out trying to open it up and catch up, and uh, that never works. So I think, you know, if there's one thing I can point to tonight, it's uh, I think we needed a... a save or uh, you know at least not to get behind early or a goal early to try and get out in front and build on what we did last night yeah we just can't get out of this right now and uh, you know it's, it's disappointing um, yeah it's tough to say I mean we're not playing our best that's uh, pretty pretty evident um, you know when you're in ruts like this you need everyone to, to play their best and right now unfortunately it's you know, not the case I thought uh you know, tough to fall behind early in this one, and we just seem to, to not have much life, so disappointing right now. Well, I, I would like to think so. Um, you know, I think I think everybody's got to look in the mirror, you know. Goalies, coaches, players, everybody, uh, you know, we, we've got to find a way. I mean, this is our group. There's no cavalry coming, so we've got to find a way. All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tide. Ted Ramey with you as always, and raise your hand right now if you did not see this start of the season coming. Okay, okay, I can't see you, but I know I know that your hand is up. Uh, raise your hand if you're concerned with the long-term prospects of this team. Okay, again, I, I can't see you, but I, I feel you. I feel you. Raise your hand if you're just... If, if you're pretty frustrated right now. Yeah, you know who can see your hands up? Uh, people driving around you. They're probably wondering if you're, uh, you know, a, a third grader trying to ask a question. But back to the Sharks, I, I mean, what do you say at this point? I mean, I think that right now everyone's getting to that realization where if you were in denial um, that it was just going to suddenly turn around. I don't know that this is suddenly going to turn around. I think people often wait for that one game where it's like, oh, well, they get the goaltending, they get the defense, the shots go in, they win 5-2 or 3 nothing or something like that, and then suddenly you're going to play 800, you know, win 8 out of 10 or win 13 out of 18 and suddenly be right back in the thick of things. And I don't, I just don't think it's going to be that easy right now. And that's not to say that I don't believe that the talent is lacking on this team. I think there's talent all over the place on the Sharks. I think that right now you've got multiple things going on. One, you've got performances that are not up to par 
with what we were expecting. I think that's a factor that you can't ignore. And I don't think that that's because people aren't trying. I don't think that's because that there's these guys aren't that good. I just think that not to pick on anybody specifically, but if we were to say, would you have expected, expected more out of Timo Meyer at this point? And I think the answer is ultimately yes. Or if you'd said, would you have expected more um, from the goalies at this point? And you would say yes. And you would say, would you expect more from player A, B, and C? You can look across the board at the Sharks. And other than Evander Kane, you can say, I would have spec- expected more out of them. But, you know, to be fair, while we're throwing blame around right now, it didn't help the Sharks in the slightest that Evander Kane was suspended in those first three games of the year when suddenly Eric Carlson was gone, when they're going up against Las Vegas twice. So, listen, there's blame to pass around everywhere. And I'm not trying to even blame anyone specifically. I just know that we can dish it out. I think ultimately the team is going to have to work their way out of this. And there's a couple reasons why I'm disappointed, and there's a couple reasons why I still have a whole lot of points. And I think the grand picture, when I look at sports and I try to look at a a history of what we see from these certain players, it's not who they are. I mean, we're not seeing who exactly these guys are on the ice. And, and I mean that in the sense that the performances that we've gotten by the numbers are so below our expectations and are so far below the norm of what these guys statistically have put up over the course of their career or just the level of play that we've expected from these guys versus the consistency of their career, it really has nowhere to go but up. I mean, when you look at what you've seen from Eric Carlson, and again, I think there are personal life details that factor in into why he hasn't been the player that we know he's capable of being. And I think that you combine that with the fact that guys are trying to make things happen. I mean, we've seen the the great Olay out there from Brent Burns or Eric Carlson, whoever you want to look at. Um, you know, in terms of your defenseman, or we've seen some bad shots being taken or some bad passes being made because guys are getting risky. They're trying to make things happen. And that's a result of a couple of things. A, the fact that they're losing. B, the fact that the efforts aren't being rewarded. And C, in these instances, and when we look at sports classically, we expect someone to step up. So it's no surprise to me that when you have guys who are future Hall of Famers or current All-Stars or up-and-coming All-Stars in the game, that these guys are trying to be the guys who are putting the team on their back, saying, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to make a play happen. I'm going to put something in the back of the net. I'm going to make the great defensive stop. I'm going to make the great save, etc., etc., etc. And you combine all that with the fact that the efforts aren't being rewarded, and I think that's what you get with the Sharks right now. Friday night's game against Winnipeg, was a Sharks win in every sense except for what we saw in the final score. I mean, they outplayed them. They out-hustled them. They outworked them. They, you know, more than doubled up the shots against them. They dominated that game. It just wasn't reflected in terms of the score. And that's really unfortunate because Friday night, you saw particularly in the second and third periods, you saw a Sharks team that was, they did everything that we expected to see from them. We saw two periods in particular of really quality Sharks hockey. And in terms of what we've seen the rest of the year, we haven't seen a whole lot of Sharks hockey. We have not seen them creating this chaos. We have not seen them controlling the the puck possession. We haven't seen them playing clean hockey. You can go down a list of things that we define as Sharks hockey. We haven't seen it very much. But in terms of creating the opportunities, in terms of controlling the pace of the game, in terms of being the team that dictates how the game is being played, that's what we saw out of the Sharks on Friday night. And again, that effort wasn't rewarded. And I think that these guys, when those efforts aren't rewarded, it starts to weigh on you psychologically, especially when you're early in the year 
and you're not getting the results that you expect out of the team. I think that you watch these guys respond as soon as they fell behind early in the game on Saturday night. You could see a deflating effect, and then that second goal goes in, and suddenly you just saw everybody kind of look around, and it's like they were all wondering, when is this going to end? And I know that these guys have great resiliency, and they are professional athletes for a reason, and their mental strength is far beyond anything of my pitiful own capacity, but I think you can see them wearing it. I have been around sports long enough to know that classic shoulder slump that you see. And I don't take that as giving up. I don't mean that they can't come back. I don't mean anything by by that. But I do know a psychological weight being carried by a team when I see it. I look at the Sharks and I watch them fall behind in games or I find their shots being blocked when they're creating all the great opportunities, when they're doing everything right. It's not even just that they're getting punished when they do things wrong. But again, when they're doing everything right, and they can't find a way to get a win or get a goal or whatever it's going to be that you define in the micro or the macro that is success, that is what leads to long-term problems just as much as the individual things that they're doing incorrectly or the failures or however, again, you want to classify it. It's not just that the team is making mistakes. It's that when they're doing things right, when they're playing the kind of hockey that they expect of themselves, it's not being rewarded. And again, When I look big picture, this is why I have hope. You have to imagine that there is going to be a grand correction of what we're going to see because it's so far below the level of expectations in terms of numbers, in terms of performance, in terms of wins and losses. You expect the correction to come, and I think we're all expecting it to happen, but I think the way that it's going to happen right now, it's not going to be just one game and suddenly the Sharks are right back where they are. It's going to be, you've got to win two out of three, and then you've got to see if you can win three out of five, and then you've got to see if you can win five out of eight, and then maybe six out of 10 or 11, and that's, you're just going to have to chip away and get yourself back into it, and I know everybody's looking at the stats like, well, no team that's been this many points out of a spot before or on Thanksgiving, and that's one that's been bandied about as of late. Listen, you know, you got to play the entirety of the season. If you want to be very, very, very in the moment, look at the Blues last year. Look at the Nationals in baseball this year. Those are two teams that, um, well, you know, the Blues, we all know it. They were in last place in January. The Washington Nationals were 19-31 and after 50 games. That's pretty much a third of the season gone by. The Sharks aren't there yet. They have a lot more hockey to play before they're, um, you know, going to be. They've got six more games, essentially, until they're going to be one quarter of the season. So there's a lot that can be recovered in terms of the next, you know, 65 hockey games we're going to have in front of us, roughly. There's plenty of time, but you're seeing patterns and you're seeing consistent things happen to the Sharks. I mean, we've we've seen this time and time again this year. We've seen them give up the early goal, just like we saw in the playoffs last year in the series against Las Vegas. We have seen them falling behind by multiple goals early. We have seen them going down or giving up goals, I should say, late in the period. And again, it's all a deflating impact on the Sharks. When you give up those late period goals or when you give up those early goals or or when you find yourself in a deficit early and suddenly you're chasing a game, that's not going to do anything to help you win that game or to find consistency out there because, again, you go behind, everybody starts playing hero hockey, you deviate from the plan, and suddenly you find yourself in an even greater deficit And again, you're chasing, you're chasing, you're chasing. What amazes me is more than the the poor play 
It's the the effort not being rewarded. And that's the one that I've seen in multiple games this year. And that's the one that I think the Sharks need a break from. They If they're going to turn this around, they need to have a game where it's not just catching the breaks and it's not just going to be getting the bounces. It's not even that you're going to get some puck luck. It's going to be that they play their style of hockey and it works and it comes with a relative, not ease that we're used to with the Sharks, but the things go according to plan. And if things go according to plan and they can restore some faith in themselves and what they're trying to do and what they're trying to be as a team, then suddenly you're going to watch the team start to flourish. But until we get to that point, it's just going to be a battle. And I think that we're used to the Sharks in the regular season winning with a quote-unquote relative ease. And I even say that with all due respect to everybody else in the NHL, but the Sharks you know, for the course of the last 20 years, it's been the exact opposite of what we've been watching. I mean, this is not what we're used to seeing from the Sharks in the regular season. Even, you know, after they lost the seven-game series to the Kings the following season, they missed the playoffs, but they were in it late in the year. You know, it was the costly losses in the in the stadium series game is one that everybody points to. There was, I remember, a huge home loss, two consecutive home losses, I want to say, um, in 2015 in the early part of the year when they lost to the Senators and the Red Wings, especially I think they had early leads in both those games. Those those were ones that kind of knocked them out of the race, but they were still even in it in March. But, you know, we identify losses of where, you know, we expect them to win. But you just, you look at this team and you wonder why it isn't happening with the relative ease that were expected the, the these things to happen. And again, relative ease is a it's almost inflammatory, and I don't mean it to sound that way, but we are used to the Sharks system and the players working and winning. And when we get to this, it's the opposite of everything we've come to expect, and disappointment is in the space between expectations and reality, and right now, the Sharks are falling far short of expectations. And again, it's putting everyone in a very awkward position just because the Sharks put themselves in this position, and I don't mean they put themselves in a position to lose, but we enter every season in a cup or bust mode. And that provides an intense amount of pressure and scrutiny, and it's why everyone is reacting the way they are right now. We expect this team be in the hunt to win at least a division title. At least. So what's coming up next for the San Jose Sharks? On this homestand, they've got four more home games. It's the Blackhawks, it's the Wild, it's the Predators, and then it's going to be the Oilers. You're out on the road for one, and then you're back home again. So if we're looking at this stretch of these next four home games, let's just start before we go looking at the the overall six right now of what we're going to see in the next week and a half, roughly. Next four home games, the goal should be to win two of them. I know you're thinking, Ted, you need to win all four of them. I get that, but you've got to start small right now. You've got to chip away at it. You can't try and win the season in the next four games. If you do that, that's good. If you win three out of four, that's better. If you win four out of four, that's great. But the expectation to me right now is let's see if they can be substantially better than what we've seen over the course of the season this far and win two out of four. Just play 500 hockey. That's all I'm looking for. And even as I say this, guys, let's not you know, get away from the fact that it feels really weird to me as well to be saying that I'm just hopeful for 500 hockey. I mean, we, we are spoiled. <laughs> we, we are spoiled if nothing else in San Jose with what we've seen from the Sharks. But again, at this point, you just want 
to see consistently decent hockey because we haven't seen consistently decent hockey. We've seen consistently bad hockey up to this point, and we want to see them do a little bit better. Find somewhere or something to build upon. Find an area where you can improve. Look at all these areas to improve and go from there. Because, listen, the the thing that gets me is that it's not just that we can all see that there are problems. I mean, we can look at the the giveaways in the neutral and the defensive zone that are putting their goalies in a very bad situation, or we can see the fact that they are being sloppy with the puck in general, or the fact that they're making risky passes, or the fact that they are looking like they don't have chemistry. Everybody sees those things, but they're all so easily identifiable. And that's the thing is these other guys know it as well. And they don't do it always. It's not like it's been 100% just, you know, sloppy, bad hockey all over the place. There's been moments where the Sharks have looked good. And again, this is not to repeat my point about the, the good hockey not being rewarded, but it's to the greater sense of the guys not being sure of why these things are happening. And I know we can easily identify that you fall behind, you start trying to make things happen. That's a little bit too simple, but I think that there's the sense that everyone's still not sure as to why the problems are presenting themselves the way they are presenting themselves. And even if we can identify the problems, it's still the why of they're getting to that point. And I think that's why Logan Couture has never gone out there and questioned anybody's efforts. I think that's why we haven't seen more of a of a huge reaction from a player or a coach. I think everybody is saying to themselves, we feel like we're on the verge of making something happen. It's just not happening. And I think that speaks to a pretty decent resiliency within the team. I think if you were watching guys blow up and implode, you might be a little bit more concerned. Um, Obviously, it's the era of life after Joe Pavelski, which is just a change for the team and what we've seen. But listen, there's leadership all over the ice. If you try to tell me that, you know, Mark Edward Vlasic and Logan Couture and Eric Carlson and Brent Burns and Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe and all these guys, that's not enough in terms of leadership, in terms of guys who have been there and done that and played in the huge games. It's there. It's just a matter of finding that consistency and finding that rhythm and allowing the team to stop making these mistakes and stop finding themselves in these bad positions. And I think that it gets everybody gripping, which once you're gripping, you play tight, which leads to you not following your natural instincts. And, you know, there's times when we see guys make that, risky pass and we say wow it paid off and then we watch them make a risky pass and say that wasn't the normal risky pass we're used to them making and is it's because they're trying to make something happen it's all piling on top of itself right now but I do think there's still a decent amount of resiliency in this team especially for as poor as they've started I think it all lines up with the fact that they're trying to figure out what exactly is going on this is not the Sharks team that we were all expecting to see on the ice, and that just doesn't go for us. That goes for Pete DeBoer and Doug Wilson and Boogie and Jumbo and, you know, just it's everyone. This is not what anyone expected, and sometimes when you find yourself in a situation that you were not expecting, you've got to find that course correction, but in the trouble of course correcting, you've got to make sure that you don't get even more off course in that process. And that's what the Sharks are going through right now. They have the ability to work their way out of this. No doubt. I've talked to a number of people around the league who say, yeah, this team has the talent. They need to stop shooting themselves in the foot. They need to stop finding themselves in these negative situations. But if you look at what's out there, 
it's enough. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to tell you it's enough to be the best team in the league, but it's certainly enough at this point if you just get anything in line with the performances you're expecting, a playoff spot. And we know that if they perform to their capabilities, they can go deep, deep, deep into the playoffs. And I'm not writing that off the table right now. It's just a matter of a team in transition finding their sea legs, and that just hasn't happened as of yet. All right, how about a change of pace? And we now have joining us on Morning Tide, it's Dylan Gambrell for the San Jose Sharks. Of course, uh, you had your first goal last year in the playoffs, and we were kind of joking about this, but you had to do that three times because everyone said, oh, what was in the playoffs? And then you scored your first one this year, but it got taken away because of a high sticking. Then you finally get that first regular season goal. Let's just start there, man. Just the the journey to finally put one in the back of the net in the NHL. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely a process, like you said. But, um, you know, you kind of you stick with it. Um, you try to get better and better every game. And then eventually, you know, one's going to fall. So <laughs> I was fortunate there. Yeah, and just in terms of the progression of your career, obviously, you know, you have a good – you're looking like a, a guy that teams are interested in, and you go to college, and then it was University of Denver, right? And then you get into the AHL, and you're obviously on your way making it up to being with the Sharks. And just let's go back to that Western Conference final when you did score your, your first goal. Um, what was that realization, though, for you when you were playing – in a Western Conference final in the NHL, which I have to imagine at that point was the the high point for you, and you did score a goal. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you want to kind of, um, you know, take a second look around and, and really em- embrace it, but at the same time, you can't let the moment get the best of you. So um, it was kind of just trying to stay level-headed and, um, you know, stay focused and all that, but uh, it, it was definitely exciting. It was a great moment. In terms of coming to the to the Sharks and entering a team that has so many big-name players and so many veterans, guys that I'm sure that you were watching your entire youth, these are guys that you're paying attention to, and you come to a team that has guys like, like Joe Thornton, for instance. I'm just curious, what was it like for you when you step into the dressing room or when you get out there, you know, at the at the practice facility and you're suddenly next to these guys? I mean, I know with the Barracuda there was some sort of a, at least a familiarity, but it's still different when you're getting into games and you're actually going out on the ice together. It was exciting. Like you said, you know, you watch those guys. I've watched them my whole life and, um, you know, to be able to, to be in the same locker room with them, you know, sit next to them, be able to ask them questions and things like that. Um, you know, for me, I can just, it can learn so much from those guys. It's, you know, it's so valuable for me. So um, definitely exciting. And, you know, just trying to take advantage, like I said, of being able to ask those guys questions because, you know, they have so much knowledge of the game. They've been around for so long. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's a trip, though, because I remember being 15 years old um, in a freshman in high school and Patrick Marlowe started with the Sharks. And to watch him out here, you know, now at age 40, back with Team Teal again, it's wild to think that he's out there with a guy as young as yourself who, I mean, he, I mean, do you look at him and think like, man, this guy has so much he can impart to me. Do you try to specifically ask questions to him and Jumbo or do you more try to pay attention? Pay attention for sure. Um, you know, I think Patty's one of those guys that kind of leads by example. I mm-hmm. mean, all those guys are so, um, pay attention to then, you know, at the same time we have free time, whatever it is, if I'm on the bench, if I have a question, um, you know, those guys are so easy to talk to. Yeah. So, um, you know, they're going to give you some advice and whatever they say, you got to have open ears and, and, and take advantage of that. College, AHL, NHL, how big is the jump from each level? Um, you know, it's, it's a pretty big jump. 
I think just the speed, the size of guys, mm-hmm. um, you know, little things, everything's a little bit quicker. So, um, you know, it, it takes a little, a little bit of getting used to, but at the same time, you know, you can't dip your toes in, you got to go in, um, you know, full steam ahead. So, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's a process and, you know, you just kind of keep building, um, you know, brick by brick, I guess. In my experience, in terms of watching the AHL to the NHL specifically, it's like you see a lot of that speed there and you see a lot of the size, but the crispness isn't there. You see more stoppages. The play doesn't go on as long, whereas in the NHL, sometimes you'll get these unbroken extended periods of of play. Did you find that you, was your fitness adequate? I'll ask it that way. Were you up to par with where you wanted your body to be when you were playing your first NHL minutes? I think so. Yeah. Um, You know, and that for me was the big thing about college was being able to, you know, have all that workout time, have all the practice time to be able to, you know, get ready for that, build my legs up. And, um, you know, so I think that helped me out a lot. Yeah. In terms of where you are versus where you were when you were drafted in 2016, how much different is your game? How much different is your body? How much different is your mindset now? Uh, It's grown a lot. Um, You know, just being around here, being at the pro level is, um, you know, I think I've matured quite a bit, um, you know, physically trying to put on muscle, um, things like that to be harder in corners. And I think just realizing what it takes to, to play at this level and, and really honing in on that, I need to continue to do what in terms of what else you're honing in on, like, is there a deficiency in your game that you look at, or are there just certain areas where you say, that's where I need to improve as opposed to saying that one specific facility is where you need to be better. I think just, you know, certain areas being harder on pucks, you know, winning battles, things like that, that, um, you know, that you need to do to help your team win. And, um, you know, so I've just been focusing on those things and, um, you know, like I said, taking it step by step, um, focus on one thing, kind of hone in on it, focus on another thing. So, um, you know, like I said, it's a process and just kind of keep building. In terms of in the Bay Area has a pretty good reputation for leaving athletes alone. But have you gotten the uh, the stop at the supermarket or walking around Santana Row or anything and had anyone come up to you? Uh, not really. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> maybe the the other guys like Jumbo and guys like that. But um, maybe a couple of times, but, you know, not too bad. Was that surreal, though? Did you find it funny that somebody wanted to come and like talk to you or get your autograph. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, <laughs> you recognize me, wow! But um, yeah, it's great. You enjoy those things. Is there any preparation for that though? Like, did anybody like say like, okay, now that you're a professional athlete, now that you're in the NHL, there's going to be people, or it was just kind of like baptism by fire? <laughs> I think you just kind of go with it. Um, you know, talk to them, hang out with them, whatever, and um, you know, just be a normal person. What so far up to this point has been the most eye-opening moment of your career? Um. I think for me, just probably just being around those guys that I've watched for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think being in San Jose, you're lucky that there's guys like Jumbo and Patty and um, Cooch and Pavelski last year, so many guys that have been around for so long. And yeah. um, I think for me, that's, you know, one of the, the cooler things that I've been able to experience. You bring up Pavelski, which brings me to a good question, is that a lot of people talked about the fact that you, during training camp, were working with Brent Burns a lot on that tip play. We obviously saw that get taken away on the high sticking on the what would have been your first regular season NHL goal. NHL goal. How – I mean, that's – people talk about it like it's some bread and butter play in hockey, but, like, I would imagine that requires an incredible amount of eye-hand coordination, timing, rhythm. It's, 
as much as you can practice it, there's still a million more things that are happening in the game. I mean, how is that when you get, you know, Brent Burns, who's got one of the strongest shots out there, say, I want you to go put your body out there and try and tap this into the net was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're lucky to have those kind of defensemen. And, um, you know, you look at Pavelski and there's no secret why he's, he's had so many tip goals like that. It's just, it's repetition. And um, when he was here last year, I would just watch him constantly working at it. So mm-hmm. that's kind of just something I try to implement a little bit and, um, you know, keep working at. Awesome, man. Well, I'll let you go. I know you got stuff to do, but uh, really fun watching you with the uh, San Jose Sharks, man. And uh, hope I can bother you again soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Dylan Gambrell, ladies and gentlemen, really cool guy. I really enjoyed my conversation with him. I know he's listed his day to day right now. He's a little bit banged up. I would have loved to have seen him out there on the ice in the uh, last game, but that's just the way it goes in the NHL. But I think that, you know, we watch what he's capable of doing and we watch the tip play that we know he's been working on in practice. And I just, look at him and I look at additional young guys for the Sharks and you have to be excited. It's just a matter of that excitement that you might have for any of these younger players is tempered by the fact that the team is playing poorly. And I think that that colors the entire vision of some other things that you're looking at. Like Evander Kane playing really well. He's scoring goals. It's just happening while the Sharks are not performing well. And so you don't, you don't look at it in in that vein. You know, you don't see the positivity, you only see the record. And the record is staring me in the face. It's staring you in the face, staring Doug Wilson in the face, Pete DeBoer in the face. And like Pete DeBoer said, you know, there, there's no cavalry coming. This is the group, and they've got to figure out how to make this work. And I think they can make it work. I, I don't see any reason why they can't make it work, but it's whether or not they And I think that these guys are all professional enough, and they are all quality enough that they can turn things around. And again, I think that Eric Carlson, obviously the birth of his child, that weighs on him and all the things that he and his wife have been through. I think that's a factor. But at this point, it's just a matter of getting everybody to play at the level they're capable of. I mean, we look at Vlasic and Carlson and Burns, and we look at their plus minus, and it's creeping towards 40. And you look at also what you've seen from other guys like Logan Couture. I mean, it just it doesn't make sense. I mean, that's the hardest part of this for me is it doesn't make sense sense. It doesn't jive with my vision and view and overall perception of what I know of these guys to be as NHL players. They're all better than this. And that's, again, why I keep on coming back to the hope that they will be able to rectify this before it's too late. It's not over until it's over. And if that means the Sharks squeaking in, you know, in the final playoff spot in the West, well, good. Who wants to play the Sharks in the first round of the playoffs? especially with a team that has that much talent. Whatever, whatever it takes, whatever you need to do to get in, do it. And even if that means they've got to struggle for a few more weeks and then be on the bubble as the season gets down to it, listen, I've I've seen that work for more than a few teams in professional sports. But whatever it takes at this point, whatever the Sharks need to do to get going, as long as they get in, they'll be happy. As long as they are in the playoffs, when the regular season comes to an end, I'll be happy. I think that they're better than a team that just squeaks into the playoffs. I think that, once again, we're looking at a team that has the top-line talent to be able to make a deep run. It's just a matter of whether or not they're going to find that right now. And again, we all expect the correction. We all expect this team to be better than it is. And I would be shocked if it didn't start to perform to expectations. But that's yet to be proven. And for now, we're just in this uncomfortable and unusual position of watching the Sharks lose. But... They've got more home games. 
They've got plenty of time to rectify this. Right now, it's just a question of whether or not they will. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. I am really hoping we have more positive stuff to talk about in a week's time. A big thanks to Dylan Gambrell for taking some time out of his schedule to speak with me. And thanks to you for the Sharks community as uh, tuning in. As always, for the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. (laughs) 